Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to come to you to so glad to be with you today as I'm coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I'll be preaching on campus today at IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University at Indianapolis. Great campus. I always enjoy there, and we're launching our fall tour of campuses today. I do appreciate your prayers for me. Of course, this is a special day here in America for us as we remember the September 11th, 9-11 attack upon our country 22 years ago today. And of course, our condolences to anyone who suffered personal loss during that time, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a first responder, the the loss of a relative, uh, so forth. And I know this will be a painful day as you consider the, the personal cost you have paid, the personal pain you've experienced, apart from what we experienced as a nation, what you experienced as an individual or as a family during that time, our hearts and prayers are with you. What did we learn after 9-11? And sometimes I wonder, are there, is there, was a, that a major opportunity that was missed? Whenever we're in a time of crisis, Whenever we're in a time of, of um, difficulty, of pain, we ought to always be turning to God and asking, God, is there something you want to teach us? Is there something God is trying to teach? Pain tells us something is wrong. Pain tells us things aren't as they ought to be. Generally speaking, pain reminds us we live in a fallen world. This world's not as God created it to be. The peace the harmony, the love, the goodwill that God intended when he created us and placed Adam and Eve in the garden. Of course, they went their own way. They sinned against God. They chose the domain of darkness instead of God's kingdom and God's rule. And as a result, we have pain. We have life that's not as it's meant to be. And it shows up in many, many ways, personal ways, small ways, ways in your life, your family, your your community. And sometimes it shows up in really big ways, really, really big ways. Yesterday's videos, we talked about uh, the friend in the hospital with the burns, or obviously 22 years ago today was a really big way of saying something's really wrong with this world. And whenever that happens, we want to be asking, is God trying to teach us something? And that question should also lead to a sense of repentance. When God wants to teach you something, there ought to be change in our lives. There ought to be something that we do differently as a result. Obviously, we don't want to just say, he's teaching me this, good, I'll forget it and move on as if he never said it. We want to ask, what did God want to say? After 9-11, it strikes me that there were several lessons that were prominent in our culture. For a brief 24 hours or so, our nation came together. Remember our senators and congressmen went out on the steps of the Capitol, joined together, Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals. They stood there together and sang, God bless America. A rare moment in our country indeed. But that unity did not last long. It seems like we soon began to trust in our own wisdom and say in our own ways, we're going to figure this out and we're going to solve the problem. And herein lies the problem. When, we're, when, when anyone is in trouble, they need to turn to God. 
the proud response is to say, I can handle this myself. I've got it myself. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm wise enough. I don't care if it's you struggling with an addiction or if it's a country struggling with a, an attack upon it that killed thousands of its citizens. When problems arise, the humble people, the humble person, the humble people will turn to God. They'll turn in humility. They'll say, God, what are you wanting to teach me through this? What change do you want to bring in my life? Doesn't mean you might not do something yourself. Obviously you will. But it starts with first humbling ourselves before God. Sadly, I'm not sure that happened on 9-11. It seems like we, we asked God's blessing upon us. We saw our weakness, but it seemed like it was only a day or two or three before division had returned in our country, the dividing on how to move forward, what to do. Some people I remember raised the question, is God judging America? Or went a bit beyond that and said, God is judging America. And oh my goodness, were they canceled? Were they hated upon? Were they rejected? Were they scoffed at, uh, vilified, rejected for saying that we have, that God is judging our country? I believe, by the way, I would agree with them. And I would ask, I was often asked the question, where was God on 9-11? And my answer was, well, God was exactly where we told him we wanted to be. He was allowed to be in the church, but nowhere else. That happened on Wall Street. We don't want God to be part of Wall Street. We don't want God to be part of our economics. It happened at the Pentagon, the, the nation's in, in, in Washington, the nation's capital. We don't want God to be part of our government. We don't want God to be part of our of Washington. It happened because where was God? God was exactly where we wanted him to be. We didn't want we don't want God in our schools. We don't want God in our entertainment. We don't want God in our money. As a nation, as a culture, we've said this. And so where was God? Well, he was in church that day. And why didn't he protect those people? Well, my answer is we had not asked him. Now, this is not a judgment. I'm not saying this is a judgment on those who died that day. I'm not, I don't want to personalize this against them. I'm saying as a nation, we suffered, people suffered individually that day, but we suffered as a nation. And was that a national get our attention that God is saying, wake up, America. You have strayed far, far away from what you're intended to be. You're celebrating what you should be ashamed of. You're calling it, you're changing light for darkness, good for evil. And I believe that was happening. After 9-11, it seemed like the major messages on campuses and coming from our government is let's understand Islam is a religion of peace. The people who attacked us, of course, were Muslim background. And in their mind, they were doing what their religion told them to do. That's not saying every Muslim believes that. Many, many don't. But they, but we were tried to be told, let's understand Islam. It's a good religion. It's a religion of peace. Meanwhile, books began to come out from the new atheist that were saying that evangelical Christians, we were being called the American Taliban because we believed in such things as the LGBT movement was wrong. We believe that God should be part of our schools. 9-11 exposed a huge cultural rift in our nation that gets back to God. And I want to say that I, I continue to say this over and over again. The cultural rift, call it a cultural war, if you will, in our nation, really comes back to 
Do we believe we are one nation under God or not? Are we a secular nation rejecting God? We do it our way. Or are we, as our pledge says, and as our founding document says, that our rights come from God, they're endowed by our creator, and that we are a nation under God, as we say in our Pledge of Allegiance, or are we not? And this is what I believe is the lesson we must learn. Church, we've got to stand up and say this. We can't expect the political parties to be the ones leading this. We've got to stand up and say this, that we are a people under God. And like it or not, we live in the same nation with people who may disagree with us. But that doesn't mean we can't be involved in the public discussion, the public debate. We can't be contending earnestly and just uh, to, to claim this and just allow those who, who believe we're secular to control the day, to control the narrative, to control the discussion. I believe 9-11, what we failed to do was have a day of repentance, a season of repentance, and a season not only of saying we're going to pray to God and mourn, but a season of saying, what's happened to our country? Not just mourning the death of people and the, the attack upon our economic system, the attack upon our military, the attack, attack upon our government, the attack upon us. I think we should have seen, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? Is there something we as a nation have lost, missed, drifted away from, maybe even repudiated that you want to call us back to yourself, not just as individuals, but as a, as a country, as a nation, as a people. This, I believe, is the big lesson we missed. Consequently, what, what's happened? Well, we continue to be even more divided than ever, weakened. And by, my, by the way, it's easy to think America's not vulnerable. We're a powerful nation. We've got powerful nukes. We've got a power, you know, we have the almighty dollar to think we're not vulnerable. My friends, 9-11 showed how vulnerable we were. 19 hijackers that could inflict such damage upon us. We're more vulnerable than we realize because ultimately it is the Lord who is our shield and our protector. Ultimately, the horse can be prepared for battles, it says in Psalms. And we can have all of our man-made weapons and I'm grateful that we do. But if our trust is not in the Lord, God has brought down mighty empires in the past that thought they were invulnerable. And we are more vulnerable than we realized. Trust me on this. How's all this fit in with eschatology in the end times? I don't know. I know what, it, what I believe it should be is a call for repentance and a renewed vigor in the gospel. Saying that who are we as a people? Who are we going to be as a people? Are we all religions are all the same? It doesn't matter if you have a religion or not. Do we believe that God is Lord? How blessed is the nation, as someone put here in the chat earlier, how blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord? Every people has a God. Your God might be your money. It might be your power. Your God might be pleasure. It might be entertainment. It might be your intellect or knowledge. Every nation, every people has a God but how blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the true God, the almighty, instead of one of these false idols. This is what we pray for. And so on this day, I believe it appropriate that we continue to say, God, have mercy upon our land, lead us in national repentance, and might the church speak up and be the ones leading the path 
of, of calling not just individuals, but calling the nation back to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we grieve on this day. We're saddened on this day as we remember those terrible events on 9-11-2001. The tremendous loss, the tragedy, the death, the suffering. We see the heroism of some who sought to save people and ended up themselves as casualties. We think, Lord, of, of how we were exposed or how vulnerable, how, how a mighty nation was exposed as having a weak underbelly. And Father, we, we know ultimately that our ultimate security, our only real security is in the Lord God. We know how blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And indeed, as we rose as a nation, our God was the Lord. And we wanted to honor you and we sought to honor you. And Father, I pray that in our day, we talk about recovering what make America great again and whatever. I pray we'd make God great again in America. I pray for revival in our land. And I pray, Father, it would start in the churches, the churches taking a bold, courageous stand for the gospel, for what's true, for being uh, individuals under God, but people under God, that individuals, families, churches, communities, and even our nation would be a nation that honors the Lord God and we are a nation under God. We pray your gospel would go forth and many would be saved. And as people grow and mature, they would understand how you're wanting to save not only an individual, but you want to save families. You want to save communities. You want to save, you want to save the whole world. Help us, Lord, not to divorce what's going on in, in our major institutions and Wall Street and and in Washington and our state capitals and in our universities and our schools. Help us not to divorce those things from our spiritual life and be so pious that we are isolated from bringing the light of Christ and the salt of the earth into all of our world. How we pray for that. I pray for that today as I'll be preaching on campus. I pray for every one of us as we go about our business in school or work or community and home, wherever we are, that we bring forth the light of Christ and the salt of the earth, the gospel of Christ to our, to our people, we pray. And we pray for our national leaders, that they too would see this, that they would lead us in repentance before you and a humility, not a pride that we can do it all, but a humility that we need the Lord God and that you, Lord, are our King. We pray these things. Bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, I'm glad you're with me today. I'm glad you're here with us. We come here every single day live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, and then we, and we talk about the Word of God and we pray over it. It's about 15 minutes. Is it worth that to grow in the Lord? Is it worth 15 minutes of your day to really get some spiritual input, get redirected, refocused on what your life ought to be? Some people say, Tom, your videos won't work if they're over two minutes long. Well, if you want a sermonette, you'll be a Christianette, as we say. If all you want is a little spiritual snack, you'll just be a spiritually malnourished. So come here and join us every day. I hope you subscribe to our channel if you're new, like the video, share with your friends, but most of all, make a commitment to come here every day, same time, whether you're live or later in the day, or even you listen to the podcast, the Apple, Spotify, Google platform, Come here every day, get in the Word of God every day, and watch. After, after a couple months of your committed faithfulness, 
how your life will change and grow. That's where our God is. His word is powerful. It'll transform you. God bless you. I love you. So glad to have you along. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.